0: Hey, folks, welcome back to the Ruby Dev Summit. Um, As I've said on the other calls, we are asking people, what is the future of Ruby? And uh, I have Elise Schaefer on here. We're going to be talking about uh, her take on all of this stuff. Um, She's currently the host of the Ruby on Rails podcast, Uh, has been in the Ruby community since about 2010, which is a while. Um, and she's currently a full stack rails developer. Um, so yeah, done a variety of things. We kind of talked a little bit about that beforehand, but I want to just jump right in and just talk, uh, you know, so I'm going to ask the big question and then we'll just kind of see where, where we end up, um, you know, maybe where your thoughts coincide with mine or where they don't. Um, but what, what is the future of Ruby?
1: This is a very, I think, exciting question. Um, I think you know, a lot of people are asking this right now. I know it's been a topic on on the on our show. Um, mm-hmm. and it's been a topic in the community. Um yep. I think people have may look at, you know, the Stack Overflow survey, for example, and think, oh, Ruby is is dead. And I know that that's kind of a popular blog to write. <laughs> um, but I don't think it's dead. And I think that there's a lot of reasons to think that we are in a Ruby resurgence, and that Ruby is still a very good language to choose, um, and I think you know there's a lot of exciting things happening in Ruby. So I think there's there's a there's a big future ahead of Ruby, um, both in terms of Rails and in terms of just Ruby as a language. I think is is making tremendous strides. So um, I think if you can look at a few things that are happening, there are tons of new development. Uh, items happening in the rails ecosystem and in the ruby ecosystem um we're seeing things like YJIT, for example um we're seeing mm-hmm. things like solid queue solid cache those kinds of things coming hotwire um mm-hmm. and just in my own like this is kind of anecdotal but just in my own experience of the internet i'm seeing a lot more rails people and a lot more ruby people on youtube on tiktok right. on LinkedIn, Twitter, or X, um, and Mastodon, like I'm seeing a ton of activity. So I think, I feel very, very optimistic about the future of Ruby. I think I think we are, uh, we have a growing community, a community of passionate people that love the language and love each other in the community. And I think that that's very, that's a strong, a strong sort of signal. So I'm very optimistic about the future of Ruby.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, to the, you mentioned the stack overflow survey and, um, what I see there, they usually post this stuff in percentages and not in like Mm -hmm. real numbers. And then it's always interesting to see who responds every year. But, um, I mean, just, and, and this is just my experience, just going to events and things like that. There's a ton of energy out there in the Ruby community and, um you know as a percentage yeah maybe the percentage is getting a little smaller you know of people doing or not doing ruby um but I, I still think the numbers growing and i think it's because we have more and more people coming into the space in general and there are a lot of people that are seeing the the benefits of working in something like ruby on rails so um yeah i, I completely agree i think i think we're uh, going to be on an upward trend and you know, have some exciting stuff go on. Um, and, and that's one thing that I'm kind of curious with your experience with the Ruby on Rails podcast is as you talk to people, um, what what are they telling you that they're excited about or what are they telling you is coming that, you know, we should be paying attention to?
1: Um, yeah, that, that is an excellent question. We've had a number of guests on the show who have talked about uh, fairly interesting topics. We've talked about um, pack work as an example of mm-hmm. of something that, like, really can be beneficial for larger teams. Um, But I also think that there's uh, maybe the more interesting side of this is what are the, what are my listeners excited about? And what are my listeners um, really excited about? Um, I've had a number of requests to talk about things like YJIT and JIT. Um, I had someone Mm -hmm. ask about Ractors. Um, I had, so I think, I think there's a lot of like, just within the community, a lot of excitement about new features in the language and new Mm -hmm. features in the frameworks um i know uh, there are people that i hear from that want to know more about strata and and you know right. uh, hotwire and sort of that side of the story so i think from the community side there are a lot of people who are very excited about the language and the tools um very excited about uh conferences oh i forgot to mention conferences we've seen like mm-hmm. a huge explosion of new conferences right. happening and it's hard to imagine that those would be happening if people weren't super excited about Ruby and making investments in Ruby. So I think that's another another sort of signal that we there's so much energy, like you said.
0: Yeah, yeah I'm wearing a conference t-shirt, actually, uh, yeah. for, for the people. <laughs> I'm planning on releasing both audio and video, so some people may just have mm-hmm. the audio. But I'm wearing a Rails yeah. World shirt from Amsterdam. And boy, that, that was an uh, energy-packed setup. And yeah, you mentioned Strata and Hotwire and some of these other technologies that yeah, people are excited. DHH actually came out and said that he wants Rails 8 to be that kind of full stack framework that you know gives you all the features that people are looking for now in modern apps, which is exciting. Um, but yeah, and then you've also mentioned things like YJIT, which is mostly uh, performance, right? With the just yeah. in time compilation. And then, um, you know, Ractors and things like that that speak more to concurrency than performance i guess but it's it's really interesting to see where all that's going um is there is there one area is it the performance or the sort of overall application opportunities with something like rails and where it's headed or you know more of the concurrency or all of the above i mean what what's really kind of you know revving people's engines if if that makes sense
1: i mean i think it's everything so i like you know one of the things that I think is interesting is that most things have more than one cause, right? Mm-hmm. So I I think the excitement is coming kind of from all sides. I think people are seeing the investment in things like Widget and and Ractors and seeing that at the language level and seeing like all of the excitement happening there. And then I think people are looking at at you can just do more with Rails now, right? For a while mm-hmm. it seemed like most if you wanted certain levels of fidelity for you know reactivity. For a while, the only way to do that was to have React or Vue or Svelte mm-hmm. or one of these big front-end frameworks. Um, right. And now you can do a lot of that just with Rails out of the box without without um, without uh, having to make an make an investment or use as many heavy JavaScript tooling things. Right. And I think the right. same is true with things like Turbo Native and Strata, mm-hmm. where it used to be the best. Like, the, the way you would do that is you would either use, like, um, something like, a, what was the... Like, Adobe had a thing that would wrap your website or whatever. Oh, Cordoba?
0: Either,
1: yeah, that's what I'm thinking of, Cordova. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But now you can kind of get most of the way to a high-fidelity mobile app with the Rails stack out of mm-hmm. the box, which is very exciting. So I think... I think it comes from both the like lo- the language and things being very exciting about the language, and then from just like what you can do, right? And this is the thing that right. that DHH has said. He wants Rails to be the framework that a single person could yeah open open up and build like an entire app. And I think that kind of power leads to a ton of excitement as well because people can see. I don't. I I can do a lot with this framework, um, and I think that's very exciting for folks too. So. Yeah. i'm kind of seeing excitement all over the board really um
0: right so we're we're looking at all of these different innovations coming and the excitement about them um but you keep bringing up so these are the things that you're going to be able to do right mm-hmm. And so yeah what, what what opportunities are opening up for us with these things then right so we've got yeah. the performance we've got the concurrency we've got Innovations in Rails, maybe we've got innovations in other areas too, that you know, M Ruby or something, right? But but where where does this take us? Like in the next few years, wh- where are we going to go?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, I think that uh, you know, this is like an interesting thing where it's like interesting to think about possibilities. I think the uh-huh. idea of having like reactors and having concurrency, I think we might start to see Ruby be used in more concurrent workloads on the back end. Like, I think that that could be a really interesting kind of uh, thing that ends up happening. YJIT in terms of performance is like really, uh, it's, it's a really a big performance benefit. And that's like, yeah. you know, today you can you can enable that and be using that. And even some of the things that we've talked about, like they're already here. They're just sort of in their early days, right? Like Strata and Hotwire wow. are very early. But I think we might see more people building apps and just deploying them like in my own feeds in the last couple of weeks, I've seen, you know, from idea to app store in seven days. Right. As, right. As like a as like a thing. um. And I think that we like we can't when that is the amount of of productivity that you can have. It's very right. hard to to picture the limit of where that can go in terms of the types of apps people are going to build, what problems they're going to solve and who, which customers they're going to serve. I think, I think, you know, it's very like, there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of possibilities and even more possibilities than maybe you and I can think about while we're while we're right. sitting on the, on, on the stream here. Um, and I'm yeah, I mean, definitely really excited. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I'm really excited. If anybody has ideas about things they they're trying or want to try, I'm really excited uh, to hear about those and and talk about them too. I think, I, I think, I think we will be surprised about mm-hmm. what people start building with the things that are are coming.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting space to be in. Um, I have a friend that he has a podcast and he talks to people kind of across the industry and. It's funny because a lot of the people that he's worked with have worked in Rails in the past and they keep talking about the trade-off in productivity versus um, performance, right? So they're using Go or Rust or something like that. And it's like, yeah, I can't write this in Ruby because it's not fast enough. And just some of these these, uh, uh, options are opening up, right? With the the kinds of performance increases that we're getting which is super exciting and so we we may see some of the things that sure you could write it and go and sure it still be faster than ruby but dang if it's not fast enough now or some yeah. of the concurrency on the back end some of the stuff that gets the people reach for something like elixir on and you know delegate a bunch of work to actors you know that may be a thing that we we open up and yeah i i'm curious to see you know yeah, how it all kind of um, comes out in the wash, so to speak. Um, you know, are we going to have Bitcoin miners, right? Because we have better concurrency and better performance? Or, I mean, I don't know. And some of these are maybe pie in the sky, but it's it's cool. Mm-hmm. It's really cool to see where where it's all headed.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things, too, is that when we think about Ruby, like Rails is such a big part of the story that we tend to yes. focus on, on that. But Ruby is useful in a lot of different, Places like, as an example, Stripe is using Ruby with a, a bunch of Ruby microservices, and mm-hmm. I'm fairly certain that they don't use Rails. Like most of their stack is just vanilla Ruby with like, uh-huh. um, I, I I could be wrong about I that, don't know. I, but um, but I think uh, that's important to keep in mind too. That like Ruby has uh, Ruby is useful in like the security space. It's useful in uh-huh. uh, in like desktop software like there um there's a new framework that's sort of uh like i think it's called scarpe it's like sort of based on what like shoes which used to be the desktop kind of app framework so there's a lot more than the web and that should also make us very happy and excited about the future of rail or the future of ruby sorry (laughs) um Mm -hmm.
0: uh, no no i agree as far as yeah the the ability to put it in different places um, I mean, you mentioned Rails and, and Turbo Native, and I'm talking to Joe uh, Mazzalotti in a few weeks for for the summit. Um, but I'm also talking to I can't remember the name of the guy off the top of my head, but he's he's talked a bunch about building desktop apps with Ruby, and uh, yeah, you know, um, you know the the microservices and things like Lambda functions with Ruby and stuff like that, and all those opportunities. Opal is another thing in the browser. And so, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I think the limit is really what we can come up with.
1: Yeah. I Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. I also think um, I've kind of talked a little bit about like kind of bigger established companies, but I think it's also mm-hmm. important to note um, that I'm, I'm also seeing startups that are still picking oh, yeah. Ruby for their stack. And I think that that's important too, because like if people are starting new things, with Ruby that's like a very exciting thing right and I think we're going to see a lot of stuff there too
0: yeah I've seen that as well a lot of the startups are still picking up Rails Um, some of the investment firms encourage them to use Rails and it's because the time to market is just insane with the amount of productivity you get working in it and then it provides a, a good user experience when you're done and so
1: yeah, yeah, it definitely does. It, it it's I I think that that and and this is sort of like to go back to what you said about um uh like it might be faster and go but maybe the performance is enough. I think we're seeing a lot of stuff along that vein in specifically mm-hmm. in the rails ecosystem, right? Things like solid cache and solid queue. Oh yeah. Like it's it's really like well, do you need this whole other system if the disk is fast enough? Like uh right. and I think you know, we're seeing quite a bit of that too, where we're realizing that we can get a ton of performance gains in in Ruby with sort of the, the optimizations in the language, as well as with just the acceleration of what's possible on a hardware level in, in these data centers that we're all hosting our, yeah. our stuff in.
0: Yep, absolutely. And you've mentioned SolidQ a couple of times. I just barely finished recording Ruby Rogues. And we talked to Ben Sheldon, who's the guy that wrote good job, which is one oh, of nice. the inspirations for Solid Q. And yeah, um, it's just been interesting to kind of dive into hey, this this is where I started and this is where things went, and these are the possibilities going forward, and this is what he's excited to see come in solid Q. And I mean, it's it's very, very cool stuff. And I'm using solid cash myself on top end devs, and you know, occasionally I have to go in and bust the cash, but it is really wicked fast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I haven't personally played around with it. I've just kind of seen a demo apps and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but like just looking at some of the things from the presentation from from Rails World. Um, was it Rails World? I think it was Rails World. Mm-hmm.
0: Um Yeah, it was Rails World.
1: Yeah. Like looking at the stuff from that presentation and then just kind of looking at at I mean, even the the milestone chart for for Rails 8, mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of a lot of things. Like it seems like we're just getting to a point where the place where that performance consideration matters. I think it was already on the margins, but it's like even yeah. further on the margins, right? Like yep. yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and a lot of it's such low-hanging fruit. I mean, honestly, solid cache, you install the gem. If you want to put a config file in, you can. You tell it mm-hmm. which caching engine you're using and you run the migrations. I mean, it's it's really that uh, that easy for solid cache. And solid queue looks like it's mostly the same because you just plug it into active job and off it goes. And that that's a big part. I think of the productivity in rails is that you can pull in these solutions and you know, yeah, you do a little bit of work to plug it in and you're off to the races.
1: Yeah, totally. I, I I think, um, and that, I mean, that's been a part of the Rails story for a long Mm -hmm. time though. Like, um, the, what is it? Oh, say, Did I say that right? I don't. I don't know Omikase. if I said that right. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but the like the idea that you have like a cultivated thing that you can just spin up and works, but then you have like additional configurations for the things that you need, and I think that's an important right. part of the story around um, around Rails, and it has been for a long time, and I think we're just seeing more and more of the same there.
0: Right. So. Uh, I think I think we've talked a bit about, you know some of the exciting stuff we see coming, some of the things mm-hmm. that it kind of enables. Um, incidentally, one of the other uh, interviews that I did today was on uh, open AI, so connecting with open AI and AI in Ruby. Um, but one thing that I'm curious about, especially given um, your involvement in the Ruby on Rails podcast and where some of this goes, is that you keep talking about like in my feeds or in you know these places. Yeah. So, um as ruby advances where are you looking what are you paying attention to to stay on top of how ruby advances and and what to get excited about
1: that is a really good question and i wish i had prepared a list um i have a ton of like ruby based newsletters that i subscribe to Uh so i get um uh, i get those delivered to my inbox and i get a lot of news there i'm off of most social media at this point the only real places that i am uh uh, well, I, my accounts still exist, but I don't sign in. Um, the only places right. that I really am are LinkedIn and Strava. And I do see a lot of Ruby activity on LinkedIn. Um, the podcast has a Twitter uh, right. like, account. Uh, so I do log in when we're doing certain things there, and I still see Ruby stuff there. But I, these days, I get most of my info from newsletters that are written by members of the Ruby community who are highlighting certain mm-hmm. things. Um, one in particular that I have really liked has been the Hotwire Weekly. Um, and then I will, let me, let me, let me uh, do a little uh, inside baseball and go check my, <laughs> my, my inbox. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Because uh, um, there's another one that I'm, I really like, if I can find it. Uh, it's... uh. Uh, I hope I say this right, um, but uh, their name is Boomi, and they talk about like all sorts of Ruby. Um, that's a, a a newsletter where each one Hotwire Weekly is like a list of curated, um, like links of news things. So it's like things that have been released, new libraries, new changes to Turbo, new changes to Hotwire, that kind of stuff. Uh, Boomy's newsletter is um, each article is about a thing in Ruby. Um, so I think the most recent one was like on turbo frames and stimulus um -hmm. uh and then there's like a ruby the the ruby on rails uh like rails foundation newsletter i'm on that one too that one's really good Um, yeah i'm interviewing
0: both emmanuel and greg later
1: oh nice awesome i'm sure that will be an amazing conversation Uh, so yeah i I think that's also like I, i keep I keep saying that's another example, but I think that's another example of how people are excited enough to like spend time every week putting together a, a newsletter. I think that that's, uh-huh. um, that's another indication that Ruby is Ruby's great right now.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep, absolutely. Um, So once you kind of look through all the, the things that are coming through on the newsletters or on LinkedIn, um, mm. what, what do you do for, with them from there? I mean, is it just kind of you click whatever's interesting or do you have a process?
1: Um, I So my process is really, I click whatever's interesting and maybe I go check out the GitHub repo or for a thing, or mm-hmm. um, I might try a, If there's something new that I haven't seen before, I might spin up a rails app and try it and just like kind of see what it's like um, and, and play around with it. And then, you know, from there, I kind of like see is does this apply to a thing that I've done in the past or a thing that, that I'm thinking about doing right now? And then, yeah. So I mean, it's not really like a set process. It's more, I have a gut instinct that this thing seems very right. interesting. <laughs> um, right. More than a, a prescribed process, I guess. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah.
0: No, I I like. So I know some people, they have like a whole process behind, and usually it's because they're putting together content or they, you know, they Mm -hmm. want to be an influencer. They want to know what to talk about at conferences. Um, But I've always been kind of the way you're describing it, where it's, that looks interesting and I go tinker.
1: Yeah. Um, So
0: so when you tinker with something, you know, are, are there things in particular you're looking for or... I don't know what what are the things that yeah. and maybe you can think of a project or a product or uh, you know something you've clicked through on that got you excited you know what what was it that that made you go oh wow this really is terrific
1: Yeah so for me I place quite a premium on developer ergonomics sorry um, uh-huh. and I think like I can tell pretty quickly when I'm working with something whether like whether it will be a good architecture, a good system in the end. Um, I think, you know, th- this one is not necessarily a recent example, but an example of this is when I first saw like stimulus reflex and this is like before mm-hmm. Hotwire, really. Um, but when right. I first saw stimulus reflex, I was like, Oh, let me, let me install this and see how it works. And when I started to use it, I was like, this actually does kind of work really well. Right. Like, and, and, mm-hmm. and so I, I tend to go a little bit based on gut and like, I like the way it feels to use this thing. It feels like it fits really well with the rest of the code base. Um, uh, and then I, I typically go from there. I want this, I want the abstraction to be easily understandable for whatever the thing is. So mm-hmm. that's tends to be a thing that I want. Um, I, I I know that uh, within the community, there's like a little bit of less of a focus on TDD, but I also want something to be like easily testable. Like I want to easily be able to like, I want to be able to test my interaction with it pretty easily. Um, uh, And then just how quickly can it solve the problem I have? It's like another one. I I think that's like a big one. That's like a big power of rails and a big power of Ruby Mm -hmm. is that, it is so it's so it makes you so productive right um so that tends to be a thing that i place a premium on like does it feel like i'm writing ruby or does it feel like i'm writing c sharp or something right right Um,
0: yeah i've talked to amir rajan who did uh he he purchased uh dragon ruby i can't remember what it was called before yeah right but it's mobile mostly game development uh, in ruby and uh he he talks a lot about the ethos of Ruby, right? So just kind of that that feeling that you know you 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 can express yourself naturally in it, and it feels like that's kind of what you're talking about. Where it's okay, I didn't go have to bang my head against the wall for two days to get this to work, and then yeah. and then I had that ethos, right? It it from start to finish, I feel like oh this this kind of flows in naturally, it goes naturally, it fits naturally with what I'm doing. Um, I don't have to change gears to understand it. And, you know, the next person coming along, if they understand the rest of the code base, they'll understand this too.
1: Yeah. It I that's really a, an excellent way to put it. It it's um I uh I told this story on remote Ruby a, a uh-huh. short while back about how when I was first learning Ruby, it was the first language I used where everything just sort of made sense and I felt like I mm-hmm. could just guess the API and I'd probably be right like 80% of the time. And when I was wrong, I might just change like the argument order or something. Right. And then I would like, that would raise my, my, my level to like 90%. So it was, it was the first language where instead of reading a bunch of docs, I was incentivized to just try mm-hmm. things and see what happened. Um. So that's like another thing. If I'm integrating with a new library, do I feel like I can just guess? Does it feel right. like it's, yeah, that's like another part of it, too. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that that's a great way to put it.
0: Yep, absolutely. So are there things that you're working on within the community or directions mm-hmm. that you're trying to take things maybe with the Ruby on Rails podcast or something else?
1: Um, So with the Ruby on Rails podcast, I'm trying to... My goal for this year is to kind of bring more of the community into the show mm-hmm. um, and to uh, make really make the listener feel like part of the show. That's like one of the things that I'm, I'm doing. I did a little bit of an experiment at RubyConf with, uh, the hallway track episode that I did. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was, you know, just kind of grabbing people as they were leaving talks and talking to them about like, what did you learn? What did you, how did you like this talk? What was your favorite talk? Mm -hmm. Um, and I really enjoyed that. I want to try and do more of that in the show, uh, trying to highlight kind of, Uh, the enthusiasm and excitement that exists within the community. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, So I want to do a lot more of that Um, outside of the show. I'm the current sort of thing that I'm really excited about looking at is um, I've always really enjoyed state machines and I've been kind of like Mm -hmm. looking at, is there a better way to, to maybe model state machines than some of the gems that exist right now? Um, uh, And like, what are different ways that maybe we can model state machines Um, and the, Sort of the reasoning there is that a lot of the state machines I've worked in, uh, on a large enough app, the state machine ends up being thousands of lines of, of code that's all <laughs> in a single model. Like, uh-huh. like yeah, and that's in addition to like the other methods that you might write and the validations and your like. So it yeah. ends up being like really just long and and complicated. And so I'm trying to see if I can like, I'm I'm really excited about exploring kind of that, and seeing if there's better ways to do things there um and those are the two kind of big big areas that i'm focused on
0: gotcha Uh, yeah and i can imagine i mean the issue that i always had with state machines in particular was that um i I kind of wanted that developer ergonomics where it was simple and easy to follow at least within the model and you know and Mm -hmm. so i wanted an interface there and it turns out that the interface was a whole bunch of loops, or so you know, a whole bunch of uh, blocks, and
1: yeah.
0: you know, it just got messy. And yeah, there's, yeah, I, I keep thinking there's got to be a better way to do that.
1: Yeah, I and then I the really, convention
0: didn't always fit either. Convention, yeah, I,
1: it. I think all of them uh, are kind of the same idea mm-hmm. of like you have it's a DSL that just fits inside of the model and yeah. it's building a bunch of callbacks and, um, and. But I, I, I agree. I think the the like the ergonomics are I, I used a lot of state machines when I was working on like embedded like microcontroller like firmware oh, stuff. Oh
0: yeah, that makes
1: sense. Yeah. Um and you know, even though it was C, the ergonomics of the state machines there felt a little bit better than the ergonomics in uh-huh. in some of the active record state machine gems. So yeah. um yeah. Um so you can tell that ergonomics are really important. That's like a big, a big reason why I love Ruby. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: Uh, is there anything else coming down the pipe that you're excited about with with Ruby or Rails?
1: Um, I mean, I am really excited for Rails eight. Like some of the stuff oh, that's yeah. like that's like in there. I uh, the uh, the user like the user authentication generator is something that I've wanted for a really long time and was like always a little surprised it didn't exist. Because um, wow. i I don't have anything against Devise. I think it's a great gem and you can move very quickly. But it is it's it is kind of complicated it's like mounted as an engine like you can customize it but a lot of stuff is hidden from you cuz it's mounted that way like mm-hmm. it's a little weird um i'm i'm excited to just have a generator that generates a user model with a bunch of authentication like i think i think wherever that goes is going to be really exciting um i'm excited for you know some of the streamlining like prop shaft being part of of mm-hmm. rails 8 um i think rails 8 is going to be the big one this year i think it's um it's there's a lot to be excited about in that milestone um in the github repo and just mm-hmm. some of the things that i've seen dhh in particular kind of uh highlight as as goals for rails 8 really like i'm really really looking for I've, and i feel like i've been looking forward to every major rails release for the last few years i'm always like yeah right. I'm, <laughs> but yeah i think that that's a big one i think um seeing I'm really excited to see what people do with Turbo 8 and Strata. And uh-huh. like, I I really think we're going to start to see a lot of apps that solve niche problems, but that are like just very easy to build. And I think we might see uh, companies start to build like internal tooling using Rails because of that. Like, I think, I think we can. Right. Um, so I'm really excited to see where that goes. Those are my big, the big, big, big ones are, Around like the Rails tooling. Um, mm-hmm. The other part of the Rails 8 milestone is like having an LSP story. So there's um, uh, LSP like completion language server uh, protocol stuff being worked on for uh-huh. Rails 8. And that is incredibly exciting um, because right. that's going to lead to tons of new tools that yeah. will help us the be tooling The tooling gets productive. way better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets so much better. Like language servers make like are huge in terms of. of the productivity gains that you can see. So those are some of the some of the things that I'm excited about.
0: Yeah, and LSP specifically for Rails. Um, most of the Ruby uh, language services that I use for like Visual Studio Code, I've also used Emacs mm-hmm. and a few others. Um, like they work great for the models. They work great for the controllers. They work okay for the tests and they're terrible on the views. And yeah. so yep. having a model that would look at the view and go, I know exactly what you're doing. That would be so yeah. nice.
1: One one of the really like uh, annoying things I think is when you try to go to definition and it goes to definition in the wrong file, and you're like, oh, right, that makes me sad. Yeah, <laughs> that's not yep. what I wanted.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I've run into that. Yeah, you have it in a different module, and it wasn't smart enough to figure it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also want to just hark back to the DHH uh, uh, tweet on Rails eight. This is the one that I think is getting you excited and got me excited. Uh, but he says, we're going to make Rails 8 the best damn framework for creating full stack PWAs, web push badges, oh. install prompts, service workers, the works. Yep. I was motivated before, but now it's really on. Let's get back to making apps where we don't have to beg for permission or mercy. And then he he elaborates on some of this stuff in, in further tweets and basically just says, hey, we're, we're not, you don't have to get all the way to where mobile apps typically are, but you know if you can get nine tenths of the way yeah. there, you're really in good shape. so
1: yeah, i I definitely agree with that. I've wanted progressive web apps to be like more of a thing than they are. I think part of it is that you're really dependent on the platform vendors. Mm-hmm. so you're dependent on apple and and Google to like make the experience really, really good. Right. and uh, and they sort of have an incentive to push you into their walled garden, right? because that's where they get uh-huh. to make their money. Um, but I think making it easier to build progressive web apps, and um, now that especially now that um, Apple is supporting Web Push directly yeah. for um, installed progressive web apps, like I think that is 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 exciting, and I think it will be uh, a really quick way to like test out. Like I mean, especially early on when you're when you're building something and you might not know if anybody actually wants it, like yeah. It could be really quick to build a PWA to get it out into the market and test it and see, does this thing have legs? And then maybe you yep. then bridge to a Strata app, right, That mm-hmm. that um, is just leveraging that Rails uh, app. Yeah, I, I'm, I am really excited for how all of these pieces are just, they're getting better at working with each other. And that yep. is so exciting because it means we can do a lot more, a lot more quickly.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, I don't know if I have any other questions. What What's next for you?
1: Um. So as, I, as, yeah. far as, uh, as far
0: as, as far as like me. the podcast or your career or anything.
1: Yeah. Uh. So I think the next thing for me, we have a couple of episodes coming up. Um. We do have an episode on Yjit that's coming up. Uh. uh we'll be oh, recording cool. that shortly, and so that will be coming up in the future. Um. I know. We have, uh, like, I've I've started to collect uh, listener sort of feedback and listener comments. I want to try and do more of, like, uh, sort of, like I said, pull the audience into the show. Yeah. Um, My immediate plans, uh, I plan on being at RailsConf in uh, May? May, I think. It's usually Um, in May. Yeah. Um, I plan on being at RailsConf in May. Um, uh, I think... Those are my, those are my big plans. Those are the ones that I, that I can, that I can talk about right now anyway. Um,
0: Oh, good deal. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing I, it just popped into my head. So you'll have to rewind folks into the conversation a little bit, but you mentioned, um, you know, the authentication stuff with the Vise and how that, you know, maybe there's another way to do it with some of the native rail stuff. Um I didn't know that he was working on it but Dave Kimura on the most recent Ruby Rogues episode that we recorded today oh. said that he's got a project called ActiveAuth and effectively oh, it's nice. going to just use the Rails conventions to build your authentication. Um he says it's not quite ready for prime time but it sounds like it works. So anyway,
1: I'm taking um, I'm taking a note cuz that seems like it could be very interesting <laughs> for a podcast episode. Um Yep and i i think some of that too is is some things that i want to do with the podcast is like highlight maybe interesting or novel ideas about how to do things cuz mm-hmm. um i sort of have kind of a like a i don't know a little bit of an itch to to talk about ways in which uh you can go a different direction while still staying within the rails eth- mm-hmm. ethos a little bit um so Yeah, I'll definitely, I'll I'll look at ActiveAuth and reach out because that seems like it could be right in that wheelhouse of things to showcase. So thank you. That's a a good recommendation. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, no problem. All right. Well, we're kind of getting toward the end of the scheduled time. Um, If people want to connect with you, where are you online then? You said social media is not a major thing, but.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I am on LinkedIn. Uh, okay. I do have a website at Elise dot com. Um, there's uh, my blog is on there. There's an email link. People can uh-huh. email me. Um, I'm, on, I'm on GitHub at Elise Schaffer as well. Um, and so those are kind of the major places where you can follow uh, my work or get in touch if you have an idea about a podcast episode or uh-huh. uh, or a topic that interests you that you would like to hear more about. Yeah, I think those are the big ones. Um, and then also right. there's a feedback form at the ruby on Rails People can find me uh, there as well.
0: All right, cool. Well, um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Uh, thanks awesome. for coming and, and chatting.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me. This was a lot of fun. I, uh, I always enjoy getting to talk about uh, Ruby and, and the community yep. and the ecosystem. So thank you so much for inviting me and for having me.